It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 474 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, March 7th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We've got Locked On NBA. We've got Locked On NFL Draft. A whole bunch of stuff heading into some crucial times for both the NBA and NFL. you got playoff races and lottery odds and all that stuff to talk about for all the local NBA shows and the draft, free agency, everything else for the NFL shows as well. So make sure if you're, there's a team you're interested in, make sure you're checking out the corresponding Locked On podcast daily a dose of that team for you to uh, check out. So make sure you're doing that and subscribing to those shows that you want to support on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever else you get your podcasts is deeply, deeply appreciated. All right, on today's show... I'm joined by Chris Manning. He's, of course, the host of Lockdown Cavs. Uh, sometimes we like to get together and talk about the Eastern Conference when we have nothing else to really talk about. It's an off day for the Raps. They haven't really had much practice or anything like that to sort of glean content from. So we're stuck talking about the East and kind of the teams on the fringe of the playoff picture, teams that the Raptors right now kind of have some interest in uh, and potential playoff matchups and all that stuff. So we talked about that. We talked a bit about the Cavs. We talked about uh, the Celtics a little bit as well. Kind of all over the place in this one. Hope you enjoy it. Myself and Chris Manning. I'll just get to it right now i'll be back again on friday and then probably saturday to recap the pelicans game on uh, from friday night as well i'm really hoping serge Ibaka drops one of these how hungry are you episodes that he's been teasing with either marcus all and Pau gasol or with uh with jeremy lynn but I, I don't know when those are coming out so it might have to wait but we'll have katie heindel on whenever one of those drops to talk all about the the new episode so hopefully serge gets off his ass and lorenzo brown finishes editing editing and it can be posted and uh very much look forward to that also if you want to read something i wrote i wrote for rappers hq today i did a what didn't suck after the rockets game and uh talked about serge Ibaka and how he's just a delight and how he's become like the spirit of the raptors all of a sudden after kind of being dead at the end of last season so it's been kind of cool to see him kind of have a renaissance this year in terms of likability and just like on court ability as well so read that at rappers hq and uh that's gonna do it thank you so much for tuning in enjoy the conversation with myself and chris manning we will talk to you next time the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, how's it going? It's Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors here with Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs for one of our go-to crutches when there's not that much to talk about with our teams. It's a little Eastern Conference check-in. Chris, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. Thanks as always having me back on. Yeah, man. It's uh, I enjoy having you on for these little jaunts around the east even though it's different now with the Cavs not being particularly relevant in the eastern conference actually i think right now the Cavs and raptors oh they almost have inverse records the raptors are 46 and 19 the Cavs are 16 and 49 so we probably won't talk that much about the Cavs today because i think what we're going to try to do is sort of talk about like the fringy playoff teams in the east because Everyone's talked about the top four in the East pretty much ad nauseum at this point, and we can talk, touch a little bit on those teams if you want, but uh, I'm kind of interested in like the weird, sad, but also kind of like inspiring playoff run going on right now at the bottom of the East, if uh, if you're down to get into that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. One, one question I have, though, about the top four, do you think it's a top four, or, or because the Pacers are like still there, is it a top five? It is like... I guess it's, it's technically a top five. It's a top four of teams I think can like make it out of the East, if that's fair. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah, like I love the Pacers, and I'm really, really rooting for them extremely hard to finish with that three seed because, boy, a first-round series between the Sixers and Celtics would be a lot of fun and uh, <laughs> would create lots of turmoil in whichever city in which the team lost. But, um, I uh, yeah, I, I don't really think the Pacers are going to make the finals, especially considering I think their standing is going to get kind of screwed up here because their schedule coming up is, like, unfairly bad. <laughs> like it's So here's their upcoming schedule over the next little while, the Pacers. And, like, again, I really want them to hold on to the three-seat. I'm rooting for them. And technically, for the purposes of this conversation, they're part of the top five. But really, like, I don't know where they're going to fit in after this run. So they play the Bucks today. Then they have the Sixers. Then the Knicks, which is great. And then you have the Thunder... Nuggets, Blazers, Clippers, Warriors, Nuggets, Thunder, Celtics, and then the Magic and Pistons, and Pistons again, who are like desperate and fighting for playoff spots, and then the Celtics, and then the Nets and the Hawks. So really only one team, I guess two teams, the Hawks and Knicks that like aren't playoff-ish teams, and at the end of the season there, at the start of April and when and late late March when they play the Magic, Pistons, and Nets four times over the course of like a week, yeah, like eight days... Like, all those teams are going to be extremely desperate to get in, so you're going to get their best shot, too. This is like a murder part of the schedule for the Pacers, and it's uh, I feel really bad for them. Um, I don't know. Do you have any faith that they'll be able to pull through it with, like, a reasonable record? I mean, they're well-coached, and, like, they've played well to this point, so I guess, like, you would hope that, like, that just sort of sustains itself. But, like, again, they don't have – they're playing, like, a lot of really good teams that have probably more incentive to, like, play super hard every night. Um, mm-hmm. You would think – you know, missing all the depot if one of those games gets really slowed down and, and stagnates like will become more apparent when that just having that kind of guy matters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, even like Atlanta, like they're not good, but like they're dangerous. You know, like Trey Young could just go off, or mm-hmm. like Kevin Herter could go off, or like John Collins could do some stuff. And like, it's like the only like truly objectively like awful team on that list is the Knicks, and everyone else, like you said, is like I mean, maybe like. The Nuggets are more beatable if they keep playing Isaiah Thomas, but like every other team on that list is solid and is going to be fighting for something pretty major. I don't want them to finish the season one and sixteen. That would be sad. <laughs> um, but even if they do that, they'll still finish above five hundred, which is very nice for a team that's had Victor, Victor Oladipo out, and they'll still pretty much be guaranteed 
Uh, I guess they won't be a five seed if they lose all of their games. They won't lose all their games. They're too well coached for that, and they're too annoying to play against on a regular season night. That I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll they'll pick up a few wins along the way here. But yeah, I, I, to answer your earlier question, I don't think they are really to be considered a team that can make it to the finals, especially because this schedule is probably going to put them in that four or five, and then you'd have to go through Boston, then one of Toronto or Philly. And then, or I guess, I know, Boston, then Milwaukee, and then wanted Toronto or Philly to make it to the finals. Like, that feels like a tall order for a team without its best player, as fun and as well-coached as they are. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen. The teams below them are the ones that are really interesting to me right now. Uh, like, the beautiful disaster that is the race for the Southeast Division Championship is just, like, one of the most fun things ever. Um, I, like, I'm very strangely invested in it right now. The Heat have won three straight. The Raps play the Heat coming up this weekend, so they can have a say in what goes on there. I actually think there's a stretch of the schedule where the Raps play the Magic, Heat, Nets, and uh, Mag- and like Hornets all in a week. So that could uh, kind of dictate what happens there in the uh, in the race for the fi- in race for those final playoff spots. But right now, as it stands, the Pistons are six with a 32-31 record. They're eight and two in their last ten. I think the Pistons are going to be in the Nets, 34 and 33, also up. They're two and a half games up on eighth. Uh, three and a half games up on the Magic, who are in ninth right now with 34 and 33. The Heat right now have won three straight. They're 30 and 34. They're probably the team to me that I like least want to get that spot. Or do you have like a team you're rooting for to make uh, a run at that eight seed right now? The team I would say I have the most like I would say I'm most interested in like seeing them do something just because I think it would be lead to interesting conversations is probably just I would like to see the Pistons sort of like secure a spot because. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a thing we do sometimes, like as a collective, like NBA Twitter. And I'm not saying like everyone does this or that everyone is like guilty of this. I'm, I, I'm basically saying like Chris, stop doing this. But <laughs> like Blake Griffin has been like awesome this year. He's like reinvented himself. I think Paul Flannery at SB Nation, like a really good. I think it was him that wrote a really good piece about this. But like Blake's really good. And like yes, like is he probably paid too much? Yes, is like he a top ten player? Prob like no, like he's not. And like there's there's a limit on how good like, a team's going to be if he's your best guy. But I think, like, we do this thing sometimes where if, like, a guy is not elite of the elite, we are, like, in our heads, we write them off as, as, like, bad, and that's sort of dumb. Like, there are only, like, a few guys who are, like, truly, truly close to flawless. Toronto, like, has one when Kawhi plays, like, LeBron, when he's, like, not in L.A., apparently, like, is that guy KD, Steph, et cetera. Mm. Giannis, obviously. Blake's, like, really good, and I would just like to see him, like, maybe, like, do something nuts in a series. Like, a Pistons Pacer series is 100%, like, going to be on NBA TV, <laughs> like, or, and, like, or if that, if a theory, I mean, I don't even know how possible it is, but, like, I'd say that happened. That's, like, NBA TV or, like, Facebook Live, like, that would be <laughs> where that is. Like, no one will watch it. On but, Twitch like, after, or sorry, before, like, a G League playoff game? It's like yeah, the undercard. Yeah, like ESPN Plus in between like <laughs> Greek League soccer and like just like a random like college tournament game. But like, I would be here to see Blake Griffin just try to like destroy a series by himself. And like, I would like Dwayne. I just like feel bad for Dwayne Casey still. Like, I like Dwayne. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if Reggie Jackson did something insane in the playoffs, I'd be I'd be down for that too. So like, I would just like to see Detroit like do something positive, just because I would like to see Blake just kind of do something positive. Yeah, I'm with you. I like the Raptors lost to the Pistons on Sunday in overtime, and we talked about this on Monday's podcast. We don't have to rehash it too much, but uh, I, I am like here for salty Dwayne Casey, even though like he's kind of dunked on himself a couple times, like where he said 
something about being with the Pistons and like having that championship pedigree within the franchise as opposed to the Raptors where they never really tasted it. And it's like, dude, you coached for like a third of the history of the franchise. <laughs> like, you have a <laughs> yeah. say in this, dude. Um, so yeah. like even if he's sort of dunking on himself a little bit, I uh, I appreciate it. Like the, 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 the jabs he had for Nick Nurse and stuff. Like I'm rooting for a Raptors-Pistons first round series because I think, A, the Raptors would win it pretty handily. I don't think I'd be like that worried about it. Yes, Blake is very good, but... Um, I, I just I would not be like up in arms like freaking out if the Raptors got pitted with the Pistons in the first round. I just think it'd be like great for stories and great for like sports hate. And I feel like with the Raps fans like going down to Detroit as well and kind of overtaking that arena, like there's some good animosity there as long as people aren't being too big of dicks about it. But I uh, yeah I, I, I'm rooting for the Pistons as well. I think they're going to be in. Like they're three and a half games up. They've won three in a row. And like you said, they have Blake, who's better than any player on any of the five or six teams that are still in the race here. Um, so I, I feel pretty confident in saying that the Pistons are going to be there. Where are you at on the Nets? Like, I'm so just, like, uninterested in the Nets. I, I know everyone loves them. I know Sean Marks can do no wrong. I know Trevion Graham was the greatest free agent signing in the history of the world. But, like... I don't know. I feel like they're going to get shit kicked by whoever they play in the playoffs. I think that's very likely. But here, the, I like the Nets only because I don't like them in terms of necessarily always watching them play. But I like watching them in terms of like an example of team building. If that makes sense, like I think like they're that's the most interesting prism to sort of look at them through because they're a team that obviously made like uh, objectively uh, that like in retrospect was just a awful trade they mortgage their whole future and if you look at like the guys that are really key on that team Spencer Dinwiddie was a reclamation like a reclamation piece like mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell was like a, you know a guy that they got from the Lakers and because the Lakers were trying to clear cap space and like they that's the like they kind of have salvaged him into being a good player um Joe Harris was like literally on his way out of the league and they've kind of they've turned him into like a really really useful modern piece like and their roster is full of guys like that Karis LeVert was like a really good college player who like just draft stock slid because of injuries and like yes and he's like was their best player before he kind of got hurt this year. So like I that's why they're like but yeah like they're probably gonna get wrecked by whoever they play. Uh, maybe like there's a team like I like guess the theoretically if they played like the Celtics or something like that, which I don't think is really possible. But if they did like. It, it would be funny if, like, there was a game where they just played really together and then Kyrie just, like, goes on, like, a tirade after the game about it. Like, that, that would be funny. <laughs> that, but, would, like, that does uh, seem like the team that's most likely to break the Celtics were they to play. Yes. It's not going to happen, but yes. that would be just delicious. Um, do you buy the Celtics that they're back? <laughs> like, no. The, just, no, like, I, the, I, the yeah, constant no. just, like, back and forth of, like, the Celtics are done. Oh, wait, no, they're actually going to the finals. No, they're disgusting. They're going to lose in the first round. Like, where are you at with, like, the whole... Like, where are you at on the spectrum of Celtics belief? Between, like, me on the far left... Or actually, no, on the far left is Bill Simmons, who hates this team and wants Kyrie Irving to get injured to help the team, which is insanely messed up. Or on the far right of the Celtics belief spectrum, I would put Brian Windhorst, who... Right. Love Windy, but boy, he sure really believes in the Celtics every time they talk about that on 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 the Celtics and Lakers podcast he hosts. Um, yeah, you... <laughs> uh, my uh, my I think on the on the Celtics is basically like I think they are like fine, probably overhyped. The Hayward stuff is just like really complicated and like kind of sad. Um, because I just like, although he follows certain people on Instagram that I just I have questions about, but. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, I uh, and apparently is tearing apart his marriage because of his video game playing. Yeah, Gordon, come on, my guy, what are you doing here? Um, and there's bad gender reveals too, like really bad <laughs> gender reveals. Um, show just hide it, like don't do it on Instagram if you're gonna do that. But like I, I think though, like they're good, obviously, but they're there's something just like that feels off about them. Or and it's like. The reason the Cavs, for example, could work amid all that chaos is because LeBron is this ultimate calming force. And, like, Kyrie is really good. Kyrie is, like, not the guy that's going to just, like, kind of seems like he's going to just, like, kind of solve all that. Um, but that being said, if, like, they play the Celtics in the first round, there's, like, something – or they play the – if the Celtics play the Sixers in the first round, there's something, like, about that matchup that seems to just always sort of work for them, even if Philly, like – like probably higher on like Embiid's probably the best player in the series or whatever like something about that matchup just seems to have really worked well for Boston so like maybe that's like that's the catalyst they would need but like uh I'm really just here for like whatever series they could get that would make Kyrie say the sauciest things possible that that's what I'm rooting for (laughs) I uh the degree to which Celtics fans are like turning on Kyrie is almost making me wish he would stay because that would almost be even funnier to see the heel turn that would happen, like, after the start of the year where it's like, Kyrie's amazing, he's going to stay, he loves us, he's going to be here forever, to the mid part of the season where, like, Simmons and the rest are like, just get him out of here, he's, he's not a winner, they're better without him, and then for him to stay this offseason, and then they would be like, oh my god, he's back, he's so, he's, like, he's, he's Celtics through and through, take Bird's jersey down and replace it with Kyrie's, like, that's going to happen if he stays, which would almost be kind of funny to me, so... I, uh, yeah. I'm, like, secretly rooting for that. I don't believe that they're back. I, I think there are still very real issues. I think Al Horford, yes, he looked very good against the uh, Warriors and the Kings last night. But, like, he feels very much like he's matchup dependent almost at this point And is a little bit of a husk of himself. And, I, and yes, he's very good against Joel Embiid. I kind of believe in the Sixers' talent a little bit more than the Celtics right now if they were to play in a series, as weird as that sounds, considering the Celtics kind of own the Sixers. Um, and I just, like, I don't think the Celtics have the juice to match up with Milwaukee or Toronto right now. I just don't. I, and, like, maybe that's me being a biased person who's like, yeah, the Raptors are, like, amazing. But I just kind of think the Celtics have a weird mix of dudes who don't like each other very much. And, like, Jason Tatum's not a particularly good playmaker. And I feel like he might shoot them out of a couple games as much as he'll shoot them into a couple games. And I don't know. I just, I, I'm not buying it. They're very performative when they have these, like, turnarounds when they play like garbage for two weeks have like two big wins and then everyone's like they're back baby like this happened when they beat the raptors like a month ago a month and a half ago where everyone was like oh man the celtics are in the tank they've lost three in a row they beat the Cel- the raptors at home and everyone's like oh boy they're back and then they go on a huge swoon again like i just i'm very much over the like riding the roller coaster of the celtics i'm just gonna stick with my opinion that they're of the four teams that are like able to make it to the finals the least likely to do so the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Can we talk about the Magic? Yeah, they're weird and fun, and I want them to make the playoffs really bad. (laughs) I do, too. Um, Like, it's sort of weird because I would say the two players on that team that interest me the most are, like, not even playing. Mm -hmm. And Bamba and Fultz. Yeah. 
and like that that those are sort of the guys that are the fascinating the most for like kind of obvious reasons in both cases but like they're like good like no google's a good player Vucevic is is really good um like Aaron Gordon is like like good at what he's good at even if there's other stuff he's not good at and like Terrence Ross your buddy is just like coming off the bench and crushing it this year and Hell like yeah he is. I can't I can't believe a team with like DJ Augustine as their like best point guard is like thriving and like that's like very weird to me but like I would like them to make the playoffs I just would like feel good for that fan base um I would feel like even if like they would get the crap picked out of them by whoever they play like I would at least like like a different team to sort of make it I think Pistons Magic is like probably the two teams that like I would like to see sort of definitely get in out mm-hmm. of that group and I, I just like I'm here for the Magic just like kind of being like around and like I'm here for like Steve Clifford like proving that he's a good coach like I even though like again like I would like I would I, this team's future is more interesting than its present because of Fultz and because of Bamba and whatever. But like, I like that team. And I like I like Jonathan Isaac too. Like I saw him in person the other night. I I came away kind of impressed by him. Mm-hmm. I'm also just kind of here for like new blood at the bottom of the East. Like if the bottom of the East playoff picture is going to be weak as hell, I'd at least like new teams in there that are actually like benefiting from the experience of being in the playoffs as opposed to like. Miami or Charlotte where it's like we've seen them there before they're depressing they're gonna lose in five we know exactly what they are like I just get the heat out of my face man I'm very over the heat I uh I I just don't need to see Josh Richardson average 18 a game for a series that they lose in five again it's just they're they're fine they're like the most fine team in the league they're the epitome of 500 and I would rather see the magic in there even if it means that like DJ Augustine is playing real playoff minutes like that. I'm okay with that. If the like, if you get some Aaron Gordon getting some real time to like flex his muscles and show that he's good, and Jonathan Isaac and, and Nick Vucevic, I think like kind of deserves to be in the playoffs. And after Blake Griffin, might be the next best guy in this whole group of teams. So um, yeah, count me in for the Magic. Like Pistons Nets Magic would be my ideal sort of. I guess Nets six, Pistons seven, Magic eight. Where you get the weird John Hammond bowl between the Bucks and Magic, <laughs> and you get the Raptors Pistons thing, and you get the Pacers Nets, where the Nets could very much win that series, and then set up a fun Raptors Nets fuck Brooklyn 2.0 series, which would be nice. Um, like I, I, that's kind of my dream scenario for the six, seven, eight, I guess. So naturally, the Heat are going to come in eighth, and it's going to suck. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they feel like they're probably just gonna like getting because that's sort of what they do. Um, I hope I like feel bad for Kemba, but like I don't really have a bunch of interest in watching Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been if they would have like done the they would have like pulled off that mark trade because like that would have been really interesting. Um, but they obviously didn't do that because he's playing for the Raptors and like the I sort of like I guess like with these teams I want to see like Sixers Celtics is obviously like a delicious first round matchup like just mm-hmm. give me that please give me seven games of that but like with the top three I sort of just want to match them up with like in a way that will like at least tell me something yeah. and like see like if they can put them through the ringer like the I think the Nets and the Pacers like would be sort of like that um I I don't know who you think that is for Toronto this is my question because like, they're a team that obviously the Dwayne Casey thing would be really fascinating on like uh, on a petty level but like is there a team that you think could actually like put the toronto like through some paces you at least learn something about them is there a team at the bottom that you think actually could do that i mean or like is there a like, player on one of those teams that you would like to see Kawhi guard for seven games or something or like play against kyle like would there be a benefit of like seeing like keba play against kyle and see how kyle does against a guy like keba who you know is going to show up yeah, there's not necessarily a guy I'd like to see like Kyle or Kawhi guard per se. I th- I think I think the Pistons would be the best test because of Blake and 
the East is weird, right? And like the guys that are going to be like the linchpins for all these offenses outside of Kyrie are kind of like unorthodox and strange. And mm-hmm. like you got Giannis, you've got Embiid and Simmons. Like those are like weird dudes to guard, and you have to kind of do different things. Like the last week or so, the Raptors have done really well against like Damian Lillard and James Harden, and they've done a really good job of like you know trapping the pick and roll and sort of doing that standard playoff defense where. You can kind of force the ball out of the shooter who also has a playmaker's hands and then have the rest of the guys do it. Like, you're not going to be able to do that really with the Bucks or the Sixers. And, like, those are the two teams that I'm kind of circling as, like, the biggest tests. And I'm expecting the Sixers to move up into the three seed. So I'm expecting that to be a second-round matchup for Toronto. So, like, a weird dude like Blake who is not really in any sort of, like, stylistic column as a player... I think it would be kind of fun for them to guard. And it was fun watching them try to guard him on Sunday where they had, like, OG did a really good job against him. And Pascal, who kind of got punked by him earlier in the season, did pretty well against him too. And, you know, you throw in, like, Reggie Jackson, who, you know, was kind of given Kyle Lowry some problems in the past, which, you know, that's not a good, great look for Kyle because Reggie Jackson is butt. But, um, <laughs> like, you know, that's a nice little test to kind of prepare for the Kyrie of it all as well, I suppose. Just, like, a very bad, poisonous version of Kyrie. I guess... Who's more poisonous, Reggie Jackson or Kyrie Irving? That's a very good question. Reggie Jack, I think Reggie Jackson. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, like Ty, Kyrie has like way more is like way better actually, and like Reggie Jackson is just like everywhere. It just seems oh like clearly better he, on the court, but just a, as like a human being. Oh, I don't know. There's something <laughs> about Reggie Jackson that just seems like it would not be worth like like I don't. I will never forget. Like Kyrie will say weird things, but like people seem to also like like him. Mm-hmm. You know, and like respect him. Sort of like there was like the Kobe thing where Kobe would like like destroy people we're like we're like spend like reggie jackson is like not reading the room and like it was like that i will never forget the image of him like trying to think he's being funny when blake's doing that interview or he's like kind of grumpy <laughs> and like reggie just like does not read the situation correctly. it's like the most it's so awkward you know like there's and it's like everything you read about him with the thunder it just doesn't seem like that worked well either so yeah reggie jackson may be the least self-aware player in the nba well the end waiters exist in terms of like profile at least so <laughs> Or no, Marquise Chris. I think it's Marquise Chris. Oh yeah. Actually. How is the Marquise Chris experience it's not going? Good. To, it's to, not to go good. to the Cavs he, talk, re- the hot really Cavs bad. talk everyone wants. Uh, Look, I, I'll give me. I'm going to clear out for 30 seconds on Marquise Chris, and we're going to never talk about the Cavs again on this podcast. Okay. He is legitimately probably the worst basketball player I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> doesn't know how to set a screen every game. Like I have a, one of my friends, we text each other, and I will be like, so. Uh, that's what friends do. But, like, I'll be like, he just had, like, an offensive foul in three travels in the first half. And, like, apparently <laughs> last night, like, I wasn't watching the game. I was at a, at a concert. But, like, apparently he had, like, a foul, a charge, and something like that. And I'm going to pull it up because I need to, like, to read you exactly what Austin Carr said about this. But he said, Austin Carr, quote, when he puts the ball on the floor, he has no idea what he's doing with it in reference to Marquise Chris. Like, that, that's where we're at with Marquise Chris. Um, I would rather see famous Canadian Nick Stauskas play, even though he's not good. And that, that's the end of my Cavs take. Nick Stauskas, old friend on the team, uh, better broadcaster than he is basketball player at this point, I think. Um, actually, basketball player might be, like, the third best profession he is good at, behind hot sauce dealing. and uh, Is his hot sauce good? I don't know. I never actually had it. I'm assuming it's fine. So I'm assuming it tastes like Frank's, probably. Let me... Is he actually... Yeah, I gotta find this. <laughs> like, I can't imagine it's, like, 
amazing. Like, it's not like an artisanal hot sauce you're getting from, like, a market or anything like that. But it can't be bad. Chris? Chris? Hello? You there? Oh, hey, you're back. Yeah, hey, hey. sorry. Yeah, don't, yeah, there we go. There we go. We're back. I just thought you were letting me talk about hot sauce by myself without uh, interjecting at I, all. I, was, I, appreciate. I, I just did, yeah, like, disconnected, but I'm down. I love yeah. hot sauce. I'd never had the Nick sauce because hot sauce. It looks like Frank's sauce, I think. Okay, so yeah. that's, that's, that's whatever. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, like, Frank's is good. You have it. It's it's nice to have yeah. it in a pinch, but you don't want yeah. it very much, which I guess is kind of similar to uh, Nick Stauskas shooting. Um, oh. <laughs> well, uh, also, how's Degadell doing? He doesn't play in the live. He's been in the uh, G League for a while. I think I they see. burned through his days. Yeah. He's in the highlight video, though, which is kind of impressive. Like, he made it into the pregame hype video. He didn't even make it into the Raptors pregame hype video. I know. There's no way. It's pretty incredible. He might not have even made the the 905's pregame hype video. The Cavs, man. I'm glad yeah, we talked about it's, him. It's bad. Glad it's we talked bad. about him so I could be reminded that life is not so bad when the Raptors lose. Hey, you're to the gonna have to, you're gonna have to watch them on Monday. Like I'm just saying. Gonna have to watch them. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'll be very very intently focused on the defensive rotations in that game. <laughs> Look, I mean, they actually do. When Kevin Love is on the floor, they actually do move the ball well. Yeah. And then, like, when he gets off, and it's, like, Marquise, Chris, and Deli and Clark, it's just, like, it's a potpourri of, of wildness. Um, yeah, I don't know. Here, here, actually, here's one, here's an actual good segue to this. Of the really bad teams in the East, yeah. is the are the Hawks the obvious answer to make the leap into, like, eight seed contention next year? Because I feel like they are. Uh, barring the Knicks actually succeeding on the plan that they've made. Yeah, which I just yeah. If it's if it, like if it's not the Knicks getting like two superstars and like just cutting the line, is it the Hawks? I I kind of think it sneakily might be the Bulls, as weird as they are and as like boilany <laughs> as they are. Like I think Wendell Carter Jr. is very good. I like Zach Levine as like a dude who can score buckets. Lowry marketing has been insanely good lately. Uh, Otto Porter, like, maybe overpaid, yes, but, like, a nice fit with those guys and can actually play defense. And, like, him and Wendell Carter Jr., that seems like it could be, like, a pretty nice, like, foundation of a good defense. I don't love Chris Dunn. I don't think he's particularly... Okay, they need a real point guard. Yeah, he's not particularly creative or anything like that. But if they get, like, I don't know, you know better than me, the draft dudes. Like, who are the I, point guards? I like, mean, John I, Morant? Uh, yeah, John Morant. John Morant would seem... You just kind of fit that group, I guess. Or if they got RJ just to play small four or two guard, or just make a point guard. Fuck it, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like John Moran would like make too much sense for them if they're in a position to pick him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, or like maybe they'll spend a bunch of money on somebody. I know I don't even know what the free agency point guard. Prop. Maybe they'll get like Ricky Rubio or something. like that. I mean, that. they could go Kemba. <laughs> yeah, they, they, someone someone could pay him a lot of money, which seems like not like the best idea. No, probably not the best idea. Know. But or maybe they like trade for it's the Bulls. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't believe in their ability to like continue the momentum they've built with like their roster and then playing well lately. But I like some of the pieces there at least, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and no so faith, I wouldn't no be shocked. Council is what I'm hearing. Like you don't trust like the the Jim Boylan it's all leadership council. Hey, it's done a good job. Even though I think the entire thing has been turned over over the course of the season because of trades. It has. Yeah. Yeah, Otto Porter's on it now. He was on, not on the team like two months ago. And he was like hated by the entire Wizards team, so. <laughs> that's fun. Oh, the Wizards. Um, I think that's the only team we didn't mention up until now, which says a lot about the Wizards. Yeah, they're ass. We don't need to talk about the Wizards. Like, 
They probably still think they're going to make... They're three games out. They could still make it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wild. That would be the worst possible outcome. I do not want to watch the Wizards in the playoffs anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm just over it. Especially now that they yeah. have, like, Jabari Parker. Like, nah, uh, dude. I'm all set on the Wizards making yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, Jabari's going to be in China at this point next year. So yeah. that's, where, that's, that's where the Wizards are at. Do you think the Hawks, so are you like on the Hawks is like the most likely one to jump into the playoffs next yeah, year? Yeah, I do. I think Trey's really good. Yeah. Um, I've, I've just accepted it in my head already that like they're going to win the lottery and get Zion. So um, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm just, just give it to me. Just give me like the Trey, Zion, John Collins, other lottery pick thing. It's either like, I'm just convinced like in my head because I'm, I'm just a cynic. It's going to be the Lakers. It's one of these four teams are going to win the lottery. It's going to be the Hawks because they would just set them up unfairly. The Mavs because they're going to, they would get Zion, KP, and Luka, and or the Lakers or the Knicks. It's one of those four teams. They're going well, to win the lottery. Isn't the Dallas's pick is what protected top seven or something? Yeah, it's like top five protected. Okay, so yeah, if they win it, that would be kind of crazy. Um, God, I hope Washington doesn't win the lottery. <laughs> or New Orleans. New Orleans would be the funniest one, actually. I want them to win the lottery really badly. Then they can trade Zion for Anthony Davis. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. no, the, the best scenario is New Orleans, New Orleans wins it and Anthony Davis is just like, ah, maybe I'm good here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say now, you, got, you can trade Zion for LeBron. LeBron goes to the Pelicans. Hell Boom. yeah. My, honestly, out. my secret like hope for this offseason is that LeBron just retires. <laughs> I love LeBron. I want to see him play all the time. and like I wouldn't be opposed to him coming back and playing for the Wizards in a couple years, but... Uh, for now, <laughs> for oh, now, I, I just kind of like, he doesn't need the money. Space Jam 2 will probably be better off for it if he just quit and just put all his time into that. And like, I don't know, like if they strike out on Anthony Davis this summer or, or whatever star X, like I could see him in like mid-July being like, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out, guys. Have fun. You want me to shut down? Guess what I'm doing? I'm shutting down. So... Oh, you know what's going to happen is Sacramento's going to miss the playoffs by one spot, and then they're going to win the lottery, and Boston's going to pick first overall. Don't don't even wish that on me. Don't I can't. I would. I am not ready for that. God. I, no, just please no. I, I feel gross having just said that. <laughs> Sean, Sean, you've spoken that into the universe now, and if it happens, like it's it's one hundred percent your fault. Yeah, probably. Oh, God, why did I do that? I'm sorry. We should probably you, wrap you, this. A, a, Raptor, a Raptors title, would it be worth the Raptors winning the title this year if the Celtics like get Zion and then win the next like win that like three titles in the next five years? Probably. I'd have to think about it, which is saying something. <laughs> I'm honestly like I know this is like a thing of a very good teams fan to say to a bad teams fan, but like I am kind of over the whole expectations thing. It's not fun, man. It's a bummer. No, it's not. Like, it's you, not. there's just I'm, no joy yeah. to be had in any games. Like, I've been trying to do this thing where I write about, like, the, the good things that happen in games. But, like, mm-hmm. it's hard, man. It's just, like, it's miserable all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, I, people, I think the general theme of this whole discussion is, like, let's just have fun with it, man. It's all good. It's basketball. It's fun. It's be the fun. magic. The mag- Actually, the Kings are probably the happiest fan base right now, even though... Last night's loss kind of maybe pooched their playoff hopes, but like I really have been envious of Kings fans all year long, and even Nets fans to a degree. Just like yeah, no expectations. It's fine. Like if you win, you win. Like even the Nuggets too. Like 
If they lose in the first round, it'll be, it'll get ugly quick. But I I don't think they will. First of all, I think they're very good, and just like yeah. unexpected success is like kind of the like I would say that, and then like your team just won a title. Like that's the ranking of happiness as a fan. I think. I agree. I agree with that. Because at least that like when you have when you have a season of like unexpected excellence, or even just like competitiveness, like the Kings have had, it like. I don't know, it kind of, what's the word for it? Like, it's like a long-term thing, right? It lasts, like, the, the the sensation lasts for a whole season, whereas, like, a title, like, yeah, it's, like, stress and ulcers until they end up winning it, and then you kind of forget about it because the offseason happens. I don't know. I guess I, I've never been a fan of a team that's won a title. Maybe you could speak differently to this. Like, how long does, like, the high of, hey, our team just won the title, like, stay with you? Because I, I feel like it's probably a lot shorter than maybe it would seem to those fans of teams who have not won titles it's shorter but i also think i'm a, the Cavs are weird circumstance because lebron was it's just that whole process was just like very draining right so there's like there's like certainly like i think something different about that title but i also think it is that the thing people will cherish forever like lebron the other night the game was like the one of the more popular jerseys i saw and i still see people all the time in the 2016 title tee so like i do think like it is something that will last forever. Um, certainly, the people that care about the Cavs more than the other teams in this city. But I also think like it's it's circumstantial too because like if like if you're the Warriors, it's like if they win a the title this year, it's just sort of like it's like the third cherry on top of the Sunday. But if it's like the Raptors and it's like the quad, it's, it'll feel very it'll feel validating. Like I think like a very different. Or if like the Bucks like win it or something, like that'll mm-hmm. feel like a, a very different thing for them too. Um, or as Boston will just I don't even know. Like, that'd be weird. Yeah, I'm probably understating how, like, obnoxious and over-the-top gleeful I'll be if the Raptors do win a title. I'm probably underestimating that, but um, yes. I still... I still... You, you, all, it, you, you, do, you do until, like you, like, you realize it's actually happening, and yeah. then it's like, oh, this is wild. I still have found myself longing very much for the 2013-14 season a lot this year, because that year it ruled, and it didn't matter, and it was just, like, chill, and nothing... There was no expectation or urgency or heaviness. It was just, hey... They're winning some games, and they're not shitty. This is great. Um, this, I think we can probably wrap it there. Chris, yeah, anything that you point. want to plug right now? Yeah. Yeah, just check out Through the Sword. Check out Lockdown Cavs. Um, I got a really cool feature up. I actually want to talk to people, real-life people, about why they went to Cavs games. You can read that if you're the sword in the next day or so, hopefully. Cool, man. Uh, you can subscribe, rate, review uh, Lockdown Raptors on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcast. Same goes for Lockdown Cavs and all of the shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, and uh, I have a piece that's up now about Serge Ibaka being the most likable Raptor, and it's not even really close for me. And it's kind of crazy considering he was like dead a year ago. But he's kind of had a renaissance this season, and it's delightful. So I wrote about that for the latest What Didn't Suck after the Rockets' loss. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors or Locked on Cavs, or Locked on Cavters, I guess is what we're calling this. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.